Welcome to the Fantasy Sportscape. This is your host, Jill Garcia, and today we're talking soccer, and we have a very special guest from LA Times known as Kevin Baxter. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? By the way, we're coming to you today from the media room at the LAFC training complex, so you're going to hear an echo, echo, echo. It's very, yeah, it's, this room is not conducive to doing audio, but if we went outside like we did last time, there's a lot of noise and it's very windy, so we're inside, just hopefully you can handle the echo and... Uh, we'll try to, to speak into the microphone as much as possible. Yeah, speak into the microphone. It was also kind of hot, too, so we wanted to uh, come inside. Oh, you're a wimp. It's not that hot. It's nice. <laughs> it's actually very nice. I was, yeah, I was getting a little hot. All right, so first things first, we're going to start this off with um, LAFC. They had a great um, a great game, great away. They had about 1,200 fans that went to travel to San Jose, and then on top of that, they won 5-0, and Carlos Vela had a hat trick. What were your thoughts on the game? Well, Carlos Vela is just playing another level now. He has six goals and three assists in five games. Um, his last goal in the uh, San Jose game was probably one of the best goals in MLS this season. He's just t- completely taken it to a new level. And uh, he has said a couple of times this season that his goal is to become uh, the most valuable player in MLS. And he's certainly playing like that. Um, he's definitely very motivated. And, and I, I can just guess he hasn't really discussed where that motivation comes from. I, I, a couple of guesses. One, he really does want to be uh, MVP. I'm sure that's true. Uh, and he's working towards that. Two, you know, Bob Bradley has pushed his buttons a little bit talking mm-hmm. about how uh, Vela is his messy. And uh, he, he said that there, he loves to show video to players. Uh, a midfielder, he'll show them video of Iniesta and say, this is how I want you to play. And he said he's only talked to two players and compared them to Messi. One was... Uh, Mo Salah when he had him with the Egyptian national team and he said the second person he's ever done that with is Carlos Vela and that's because he just thinks Messi is so much better than everybody else but he thinks those two players can be like Messi so Vela last year did not like that comparison uh, didn't he felt it was too much pressure he seemed to have really adopted it this year he really wants to try to to prove Bob right and I think perhaps the third thing that might be a little motivating I'm not sure how close he came to going to Barcelona mm-hmm. during the winter. I know that he wanted to go. His wife was interested in going back to Spain. Wound up not going all to the benefit of LAFC, of course. But I- I'm just wondering in the back if that's lingering a little bit, if that bothers Carlos a little bit, and he wants to show Barcelona that they made a mistake as well. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you, you, bring, you bring up a great point. And he's just, been, he's just seemed so much more focused. And he's just like... Uh, like like, since even from the, the exhibition game against Vissel Kobe, like, he was mid-season form, I felt like, that game. And he just kind of kept it all the way throughout. And like you said, he's number one in goals. He's also number one in shots and tied the league for assists in, what, what, what four games? Five games in? Five games in? Five games in, yeah. And now they travel to D.C. to play against Wayne Rooney and D.C. United Acosta. They're the number two ranked team in the MLS. What do you think this game means for either team? Well, it's a very uh, interesting early season marker because both teams are undefeated. Both teams have an iconic dominant player, Vela and Rooney. Uh, LAFC does have to go across the country. Uh, Last time they went across the country earlier this season to New York City, they had a great number of traveling fans there. And you could hear them on on TV broadcasts. They they were the the visiting uh, the away fan section at Yankee Stadium was pretty close to the press box. That's why you were able to hear them so well, and you maybe didn't hear the 1,200 fans that went to San Jose on TV. They were across the field. But the point is, the fans travel. Bob Bradley talked about that today after training, how much that means to the team to have that support. 
Um, so I, I, I think this game's an important game. I mean, you're not going to remember this game in August or September, but for right now and for the confidence uh, of a team, if LAFC goes in there and wins and plays well, mm-hmm. I think that they carry that forward. They, it, they, they get a little skip in their step. You know, they, they're going to walk a little bit taller. Uh, conversely, if they go in there and they have a poor performance or they get dominated, which I don't think will happen, but if it did, then all of a sudden they wind up start questioning things. Is this, are we really as good as we thought we are? Remember, they just beat the worst team in MLS. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes have a minus 12 goal differential. They've scored twice this season in, in, in five games. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. And LAFC beat them up. And I think a smart LAFC player right now is asking himself, how good are we really? Well, guess what? You're going to find out this week. Um, they have beaten three playoffs. They have played, what, three playoff teams already this season. They beat two of them, mm-hmm. draw, drew the other one. They're undefeated. <clears throat> so I, I do think this is a big game uh, for right now for their mindset, and, and it will help their confidence going forward. But I also think it's going to be a game that's probably going to be forgotten in August or September. Yeah, uh, no, you, I mean, you mentioned a lot, of, a lot of great points there. I mean, guys, we just kind of just seem like, you know, you got these two stars. Rooney, he scored a wonderful goal, and then Bella also scored a wonderful goal. So I just feel like this is going to be a good class because they know they've been, I, feel, I have a feeling that they've been watching what each other teams have been doing. And last year when LAFC played, the thing we are talking about this earlier, Rooney was not on the team. So this is the first time Rooney going up against Bella and Bella going, at least in the MLS. Right, and, and they don't know each other uh, as well as, as say, um, you know, they, they did not play in the same league in Europe. Rooney spent his whole career in the EPL, and, and Carlos played a little bit in the yeah, EPL yeah, very, as a very young player, but the player that he is now, he really developed in Spain. So they have seen each other. They have played against each other. The Mexican and, and uh, English national teams have played against each other, but not at, at this level. Um, so it will be interesting. And the thing that, that obviously they played the same position, so they'll be at opposite ends of the field. But when you talk about, say, the Super Bowl and you say, oh, it's Tom Brady against Jared Goff. No, it's not. Tom Brady and Jared Goff will never be on the field mm-hmm. at the same time. In soccer, it is a little bit different. Vela and Rooney will be on the same field uh, together. They will uh, bump into each other, literally and figuratively. They will, you know, they will fight for balls together against one another. Not, not all game. It's not like Rooney going against uh, you know, Walker Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. But th- they will fight for some balls together, and, and they will get a chance to test one another. And, and uh, they truly are going to go eyeball to eyeball. Mm-hmm. And I just want to kind of get in on the midfield, your thoughts. Obviously, we got to talk with Bob Bradley earlier. He said, uh, just update on Lee Wynn. He's still not back. Horta still not back. Um, but they have, they've been using Blessing, kind of this utility player, forward, midfield, defense. Now, this last few games with midfield, what have you made of this team in the midfield? LAFC will not have its best midfield. Its best midfield includes Lee Wynn. Uh, Mark mm-hmm. Anthony Kay is playing very well. Um, you know, I think that they have a, a good uh, they have a good midfield. It's not as deep, perhaps, as, as Bob would want it, especially with Horta being injured. But uh, the thing I like about Latif Blessing is his work rate and, and the energy that he brings. Uh, he may bring more energy to the game than just about anybody, just, just pure, you know, flat-out hustle. He's, he makes some mistakes. He hustles himself into some mistakes. He's not the best player on the team. That's why he's coming off the bench most of the time. But he is very versatile. He can play a lot of positions. Uh, he just walked past the door here, in fact. Um, <laughs> he can play a lot of positions. And, and again, I like the intangibles that he brings to the game. One thing about Horta, um, Horta is a designated player. He joined the team in the middle of last season, did not get off to a good start with that bad back pass in the uh, Galaxy game. Um, 
there is a lot of um, disappointment, I think, around LAFC with Horta, the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He got hurt in the preseason, hurt a hamstring, came back, uh, played a few minutes, uh, was in the 18 for the LAFC game, played the next week, got hurt again. There's no timetable for when he'll be back. Um, so people are saying, well, it's a designated player and he can't even stay healthy. You know, I'm not going to beat LAFC up over that because in my starting 11, Horta doesn't make it. If everyone's healthy, Lee Wynn mm-hmm. is the other midfielder. Horta doesn't start for me. So the only uh, problem I have with Horta is as a designated player, he's using up some resources that LAFC may someday need to go out and get somebody else. Right now, they don't need that money. It's fine. Horta mm-hmm. is uh, an injured guy. When he comes back, he'll be on the bench. That's fine. I like the midfield they had right now. No, I, you hit on a lot of great points right there. Like especially in the Horta situation, he did play against uh, when they played against Real. It was a Real Salt Lake. But you're right. If you if everybody's healthy, in my opinion, I don't think he makes he makes that. I mean, you have other guys like Pierre Lee that's getting some playing time, and also uh, one of the Perez Javier Perez. He's playing midfield. Those guys seem a lot more comfortable. Whether it's Bob Bradley's system or may not just not be the fit for Andre Horta. But for whatever reason, if a player was to get injured or whatever, then that Andre Hurtzer situation will, will, will turn around and I think would be a little bit more pressure on other Yeah, I mean, I think perhaps Blessing, if Horta were healthy, perhaps Blessing is, is on the bench, mm-hmm. which is a, a really good role for him because he can come off the bench and play uh, outside back. He can come into the midfield. He could even, if he needed to, play forward. He's almost uh, kind of like Boateng with the Galaxy, a guy that's more valuable coming off the bench than he is starting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can argue that, hey, if Horta were healthy, then maybe uh, Blessing's on the bench, um, or you know, and, and perhaps that would be a better midfield. I don't know. I kind of like the midfield they have right now, and certainly if Lee Wynn were healthy, yeah. um, uh, you know, Horta would not be starting. Yeah, makes sense. Um, okay, so we'll move on. The next team uh, we got here, obviously, LA Galaxy. Slatan made his return against uh, Portland, the Portland Tigers. <laughs> They went two to one, and of course, in Slatan fashion, he came in and scored a, a penalty. Um, what did you make of uh, this game and his performance? Well, he actually, this was very unusual. I mean, I know it's happened before, but it doesn't happen very often. A guy scores two penalty kick goals, and, and those are his team's only two goals. In fact, those two penalty kicks were the only Galaxy shots on goal all night. So <laughs> if it wasn't for the two penalties, they wouldn't have even had a shot on goal. But Zlatan also drew both penalties, which was very interesting. So he drew both penalties, he made both penalty shots, scored both goals, the Galaxy went 2-1. to one. Um, If you want to compare and contrast the Galaxy with LAFC, despite the fact that Vela has, is having a great season, I see LAFC as a much more complete team. They have more mm-hmm. weapons, they have Diego Rossi, mm-hmm. they have Ramirez, our, our Dio, uh, you know, up front. They have Mark Anthony Kay, who can score in the middle. They have a lot of weapons. You know, Walker Zimmerman scored four goals last year. Um, he has five goals in, uh, with LAFC for them, game winner. So they have a lot of weapons. Not so much the Galaxy. The Galaxy are pretty much, when Zlatan is playing, Zlatan's the guy. He's played two games. He scored three goals, both of them game winners. Zlatan, if you're going to have a one-man team, Zlatan is the guy that you want. He mm-hmm. takes over games. But when you look at the numbers... It, the Galaxy, Zlatan had six shots, not on, on goal, six shots total. The rest of the team had five. Um, the, you know, the offense goes through Zlatan. It's working. I, I think at some point maybe a, a, an opposing team is going to figure out how to contain him. Mm-hmm. And without Ola Kamara there, 
what's the Galaxy's next option? I don't know if they have one right now. I know they want Ramon Alessandrini to be that option, Sebastian Legette. Those guys aren't dangerous right now. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty much a one-man team. But, you know, like I said, if you have a one-man team and that one man has a lot of time, you're in really good shape. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, also, I mean, they've also been using uh, Antuna there. Obviously, they got Joe Corona. But you're right. I think the last game when they played against Minnesota United, they, I mean, they won 3-2 or they struggled to close out that game. Um, with this with this one with Slatan, now we'll have to see moving forward if we will play against this Friday against Vancouver because it's a turf game. And I think last year he didn't play in any turf fields. Yeah, well, he did not. He played um, he played 15, the last 15 minutes in Portland on a turf field. And then he started and played the entire 90 minutes in Minnesota, which was a turf field. Now, he did the Minnesota game because that was the penultimate game of the season. And the Galaxy had to win that if they had a, a shot for the playoffs. So that was a, a dire circumstance. But you're right, the rest of the time, he didn't go to Seattle. He missed the All-Star game, All-Star game because it was on turf and took a one-game suspension for that. Um, Zlatan has said in, in recent days that he did that last year to protect his knee. Remember, he had a major reconstructive knee surgery just a year before joining the Galaxy, and he was unsure. He hadn't played at Manchester United and was unsure how the knee would react, and he didn't want to... He didn't want to take a chance on, on, on turf, which is a very unforgiving surface. He's not the only one. Um, when David Beckham was playing for the Galaxy, he never played on turf. When uh, Galaxy would go to Seattle, David would not travel. Only in the playoffs would David Beckham play on turf. And he was a much younger guy without a knee injury. So that's what Zalatan did last year. This year, he said the knee is 100%. He's fine. He said he's going to play on turf. Uh, Guillermo Berescoloto, the coach, said that Zalatan will play on turf. So we'll see. They both they both talked after the last game that they said that Zlatan would travel. He would play in Vancouver. Remember, he's got an Achilles issue now, though. Mm-hmm. And today, as we're recording this uh, Tuesday, the Galaxy have their first training session of the week. I've always been told by athletes after they play a game with an injury and they have all that adrenaline, everything feels good. It's the next day. How do they feel the next day with the injury? So we'll see. Zlatan woke up Monday. We don't know how he felt. We don't know what he's doing in training today, Tuesday. But that will determine, I think, whether he travels and whether he plays in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be interesting because, like you said, they're, de- they're definitely going to need him there, especially just the way, he, I mean, he came in and scored two goals. I think outside of him, they they still need to find a couple more weapons. Whether... I don't know if you have any reporting on any of the, the players that they may want to sign forwards or anything. Well, they're sure. really close to getting Giancarlo Gonzalez, who's mm-hmm. a center back from Costa Rica. They seem pretty set on defense, but it looks like they're really close to landing him. They have to deal with some problems with the allocation order. But the thing with Zlatan is, and, and you talked a little bit about Joe Corona, and I actually thought, despite the fact Zlatan scored the two goals, you could have named Jonathan Dos Santos player of man of the match in that mm-hmm. game. He's played very, very well. And so did Joe Corona, that, that midfield for the Galaxy. Um, I talk about, you know, it's a lot of time being a one-man team, and I mean offensively. That, that's, that's where they, mm-hmm. the ball goes on offense. But the midfield has played very well. If Zalata doesn't play, um, this is one thing where I think why Guillermo Berescolola has been so patient with Zalata and his injury. He was off the training pitch for 25 days is because without Zlatan, he puts Antuna, uh, Uriel Antuna, up in the middle. And they, they play a 4-3-3, and Antuna is it's very similar to the way that, that LAFC plays, only Antuna plays in the center as opposed to on a wing like Vela. Mm-hmm. They press all over the field. It's a very high-tempo, possession-oriented, short-passing game. 
it was extremely effective against Minnesota United. In fact, I thought that game with, with Zlatan on the sidelines and Antuna in the middle of the offense, I thought that was the best game the Galaxy had played in maybe two years. So if Zlatan doesn't go and Scalotto knows far enough ahead of time to game plan, mm-hmm. I think if they go with that 4-3-3 with Antuna, they could be very, very successful too. So, you know, when Zlatan plays, he's in charge. He's the guy. He's the target striker. Everything goes through him. Without him, they play a, a very uh, um, high-pressing, uh, high-tempo, mm-hmm. possession-oriented game, and that's very successful too. So, um, in that sense, the Galaxy do have other weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both. I mean, both teams are pretty, playing pretty well. Uh, the Galaxy's record: uh, three zero losses, one tie, and then LAFC's. Record. No, actually, Galaxy have lost. They're three one and zero. They lost the game. They did. Oh, uh, right. to FC Dallas. They lost that. Oh, yeah, they did. Sorry, I misread that wrong. They did lose a run. We got some good soccer in LA. We do. We got some really good soccer. Galaxy have not lost at home. Mm-hmm. LAFC is not lost at home. Uh, you know, this is the Galaxy have not started this. I think in their career, they've started uh, with this many points at home. I think three times in their twenty-three year history. It hasn't been in. in and I think two thousand nine or ten was the last time they got up to a start anywhere close to this. Um, generally, the Galaxy have struggled a little bit in the middle of the season. A lot of teams do. But, you know, these points right now count just as much as points at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. The Galaxy can get up to a good start. Right now they're in playoff position. Um, you know, they, they could make a run. And Zlatan talks about, we need to finish first. I want to finish first. I don't want to just make the playoffs. Well, that's great. But you know what? If they make the playoffs with a player like Zlatan that can dominate, Galaxy gets into the seventh place team, let's say. Mm-hmm. They could win MLS Cup just because... You can never count them out. Zlatan can take over a game at any time. We've seen them do mm-hmm. it. Um, they're going to be dangerous. All they need to do is get to the dance. Yeah, this team, they just seem like they have so much more energy. And the vibe with Galaxy just seems a little bit more different than last year. Last year was like a roller coaster. You didn't know what to expect. I mean, we've had some of the energies, uh, injuries, I should say, with Zlatan. But what have you seen from the team from the get-go? Well, it's... it's it's the new, you know, Dennis DeClosa has brought a mm-hmm. lot of energy and ideas to the front office as the general manager. And then Guillermo Berescalodo has his philosophy and what he wants to do and, and the way that he's building the team. It, that's something that Ziggy Schmidt and Kurt Anafo before him didn't get the opportunity to do. Bruce Arena ran the show when he was there and the team was successful. Kurt Anafo comes in and then Ziggy and it was like, no, this is the way the Galaxy is going to do it. Chris Klein uh, was the president, still is the president, and he was making a lot of the decisions. Um, there just didn't seem to be a philosophy. There didn't seem to be a blueprint of what they wanted to do. And certainly there wasn't a clear vision. And, and what you need to do, you need to have, as LAFC does, Bob Bradley and John Thorin will talk about before they do anything, from choosing the, the, the color of, of cleats they're going to wear to what uh, style of play they're going to uh, play or which players they're going to sign. Everything goes through a prism. It, does this help us advance our culture? Is this what LAFC is all about? And then they make the decision. The Galaxy have that now. Dennis DeClose is talking about playing young players. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they have a lot of young players now. They have two teenagers on the first team roster. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't play all the time, but the idea is they're renovating the roster. Um, Guillermo knows the kind of team that he wants. Everything is going through that prism. So the Gal- that's where the energy comes from. Mm-hmm. There is a plan now for the first time. It's not like they've turned the lights off and they're just throwing darts at a dartboard. This mm-hmm. time they know, they know where they want to go. They know how they want to get there, and now they're picking the pieces to get them there. Yeah, they definitely are. 
Well, Kevin, that's all the time we have. Let the people know where they can follow you. Uh, I'm at the LA Times, latimes.com. That's the website. And on Twitter, kbaxter11. I don't know why I picked that, but that's what it is. <laughs> kbaxter11. Kbaxter11. Of course, guys, you can follow me at Gio Garcia LA. And make sure to give this uh, podcast a five-star rating, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And you also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all the social media platforms at Fantasy Sports Gate. For Kevin, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace.